You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message is brought to you by E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, our tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Plus, you'll get access to a wide range of support to help you plan for the long term. Learn more at etrade.com slash vox. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, we're live, pal. We are live. This is the dual post-fight show for Bellator 263 and UFC Vegas 33. We just wrapped up the Bellator 263 live press conference stream. We heard from AJ McKee. We heard from Mads Burnell, Scott Coker, Patricio Pitbull as well. And a lot came out of that event in Inglewood, California. A lot happened despite the card losing a little bit of luster throughout the week. UFC Vegas 33 was very entertaining. A lot of big finishes, a lot of good fights. And if you're an MMA fan, you were spoiled tonight. And we're going to talk all about this with all of you as we welcome you to this doubleheader of a post-fight show. I am Mike Keck. We got Jose Youngs. We got A.K. Lee. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Alshadi. He wrote some great features heading into this event. So I just realized Sean... that I have oh, Sean's ahead. wrong Twitter handle. <laughs> oh, geez. Look at that. <laughs> so I'm going to have fix, I'm gonna have to fix that at some point. That's funny. No, no, no. That's good. If you want Sean's thoughts... Just come to my account. <laughs> we're we're in lockstep with all of our opinions. Oh I feel. no! So if I when I tweet something, you could take that as Sean's word as well. Yeah, that's fair. You guys, yeah, this is what happens when we don't have Casey producing. <sighs> we're off to that. a great start. Don't here. need him. Don't need him. God bless him. <laughs> He's been doing great work all week uh, on site at uh, Bell Tortues Three. Don't need him tonight. Don't need don't him right him. now. I should say we did need him tonight earlier. Don't need him right now. We just heard from him a few minutes ago. So all the yes. Casey Lydon fans were. We're spoiled with with Casey's presence, but Sean, let's begin with you, man. I mean, you wrote a couple of great features heading into this Bellator 263 main event. One on Patricio Pitbull and guys who had competed against him and suffered defeats at the hands of Patricio Pitbull in the past. AJ McKee, his rise, some of the legends of the sport who have seen him, you know, in the gym as early as three years old. To see what AJ McKee did tonight, how do you react to all that? Because that was just absolutely ridiculous tonight. I mean, my goodness, man, uh, this is just more of the same from what we've seen from AJ McKee his whole career, right? But I really didn't. I don't think anybody really expected he could do this to Patricio Pitbull. This was a true star-making performance. I feel like we use that term really loosely in this sport and in combat sports in general, calling people, you know, hey, this he's a star. He's a future star. He's That was a star-making performance. Nah, man, this was an actual star-making performance. Patricio Pitbull came into here in the prime of his career as the undisputed greatest fighter, most decorated champion that we have ever seen in Bellator. And AJ McKee, this whole week, this whole week, I've heard people make comparisons to this week uh, to UFC 194. 
in a couple different ways of just sort of the way that, that it felt in the air of this young upstart guy coming up and we, we've been waiting for this fight and these two guys have been sort of staring at each other across the room for, for a couple years now and it's kind of the culmination of all of that and, and it really did feel like it sort of had that same UFC 194 vibe obviously that was McGregor Aldo and man the way it played out I mean, to do that to Patricio Pitbull in less than two minutes, and I understand the stoppage was, you know, people, some people have complaints about the stoppage, but that fight was going to end one way or another. AJ McKee might be, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying not to be too reactionary, and this is a big might, but by the end of this, his career, we might be talking about this guy as an all-time great. This is really somebody who was, grew up his entire life in this game. He might be the first fighter that we have seen fully who was doing this from the his the very beginning, right? Like he was three years old on the mats with Rampage Jackson and Tito Ortiz doing this. His whole life was really leading to this moment. And the way that he handled uh, the the tournament, the, the run that he was on through this tournament, making short work of everybody, and then the way that he handled tonight, it felt as though he was uh, just wise beyond his years in terms of the way he handled the pressure and the, the experience of all of this. Just incredible, man. Honestly, just incredible. AJ McKee might be the best featherweight in the world. And he, I don't know if I'm willing to say he'd be better than like a Max Holloway, but he is certainly in that conversation. And he might be the best non-UFC fighter in the entire world. I think he probably is. It's an interesting point. AJ McKee certainly feels he's the best featherweight in the world. He even said he thinks he's the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now. And, you know, when you have a performance like that, you could definitely put him in those discussions, AK. But Sean, AK, Sean was talking about like, star making performances i don't know about you i felt like aj mckee was a star the second he walked out him walking out to the perfect song nothing but a g thing everybody in the entire arena was rapping it out place went banana as pat patterson used to say back in the old wwe days i mean it just, he just felt like a star right away just from the the opening seconds he walked out into that cage and he you just felt something big was going to happen like this this had big fight UFC pay-per-view appeal to it. Did it not, like, from the second he entered that arena? Mike, I got the perfect song for you. <clears throat> Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? A star is born, boys. A star is born tonight. People got that reference. I don't need to explain it. This was <laughs> everything... That I feel like. <laughs> Where do I go from that? This is good everything. night, everybody. Good night, everybody. I, we need to point uh, out that it's like 2 a.m. where AK it is. is. He is I'm, very tired. I'm oh uh, this is everything that we said. We discussed like all kinds of scenarios that could have come out of this Bell Tour 263 main event, and a lot of them were positive. We said like, oh, if Pitbull won and it went this way, if it was a close competitive fight and it went this way, like these these are scenarios that still could have been good. You know, there was worst case where if there was like a no contest or if um, if Pitbull beat him in definitive fashion and then ended up like running off to to the UFC in the next three months. They got, I think, what is the best way that this tournament could have ended? It was it was uh, and, and it was kind of what I expected, where, where I said we would get a we would get a finish. Uh, we would get one where it wouldn't make either guy look bad. Um, I think it made AJ McKee look great. I think if you're a Pitbull fan, you can kind of go with like, oh, you know, he he got caught. He got caught. He got hit by a head kick, uh, you know, get followed by an uppercut and then the guillotine choke. So, you know, there's still a sellable second fight probably at 155 pounds. But if you were just putting all your kind of all your all your, you know, apples in the 
the AJ McKee basket, man, you were rewarded. You were rewarded in, in the greatest possible way. Like you said, from when he came out to his performance to how he handled himself at the press conference, this is a guy who maybe he never, you know, we're not saying he can become maybe like a Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar level star, but is this a guy who can lead a company, who can el- who can take a company like Bellator to a, to another level? I definitely think so. I think there's there's a quiet charisma about him, a confidence. There's an in cage charisma, which I think is almost more impo- as important as anything else. The, the way he fights, you just look at him. If you had never if you had never seen him fight before, and you just saw him fight tonight before he even threw a punch, you would look at him and say, "This guy's a big deal. This this is someone I, I'm gonna want to keep an eye on in the future." And then he delivers the way he does, and um, you know. And now I hope people will will dig deeper into his story if they read stuff like Sean's features, go back and read those, read everything people have written about him, listen to what he said at the press conference. It was a great, great, great outcome for uh, for uh, Bellator and for Asia McKee. And I, I won't sing again, but I will repeat that. A star a star is born tonight. I, I have to add, too, just really quickly jumping in. I mean, we, we talk about tournaments, right? Like Bellator doing this tournament was very ambitious from the beginning. You have 16 guys out there. It was a really stacked lineup, but... Going back to tournaments, even back in the Strike Force days, like there are a lot of ways tournaments can go wrong, right? We saw this from the very beginning. These two guys, sort of on opposite sides of the bracket, the way this was playing out, it's like, man, if you could have drawn this up, Bellator could not have asked for a better way this tournament played out, right? Like that, this ultimate result is literally the best possible outcome that Bellator could have hoped for. And when do we ever say that about tournaments? Something that that has 16 guys being able to be executed this cleanly. And really, again, just leading to this sort of result where they're getting this big showcase, this fight, this whole night had a a big fight feel. It was very obvious that Bellator was the main attraction here this weekend over the UFC. And to, to see AJ really come through in the end like this, just an unbelievable tournament the whole way through. And again, like when do tournaments ever play out this cleanly and this perfectly? Like Bellator and Scott Coker and all those guys have to just be over the moon right now with how this played out. Absolutely. I mean, look at the 205 pound tournament. They they were like, you know what? We're just going to throw Yoel Romero and Rumble Johnson in the first round. We're just going to get this thing out of the way. We're going to make sure this fight happens. And then what happens? We lose Yoel Romero and we still don't get it. So, yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that. How big of a star can can AJ McKee be Jose Young's? Like if you're Bellator, do you just send him on the Bellator private jet? to uh i don't even know i was gonna say regis and kathy lee i know that show doesn't happen it isn't, isn't around anymore but like kelly and kelly and ryan seacrest or whatever like do you, do you just take him on the the national tour right now and just get his face in front of as many eyeballs as possible at this point i tell you what you definitely have to make him some sort of backstage interview interviewer at jake paul tyron woodley i mean how many people watch that fight like how many people are going to watch that fight that don't even like combat sports like as much as everyone hates Jake Paul or they, they I don't want to say hate, like they dislike him strongly. They have some, some opinion or another, a bunch of UFC fans are getting, I, and I said this on the preview show. I don't know anyone that watches just Bellator. I don't know if they exist. I know a ton of people who watch just the UFC. So I know there are some people that didn't watch Bellator 263. Unfortunately, they missed out on an absolutely fantastic magical night. I'm sure they're going to tune in to watch Tyron Woodley fight. And I'm also sure there's a whole demographic of people that are going to tune in to watch Jake Paul fight. You stick AJ McKee there with his belt, show that that clip, show all his highlights, show his swagger that he has, put his face everywhere. That's step one, and from there, the sky's the limit with this guy, man. I mean, I don't think he said it. He, he had no bad answers at the press conference. Everything he said, I was captivated by. He has, Mike, 
and I don't know how much you watch American football, AK, but Sean and Mike, do you remember when like there was like that stretch of like two years where Clint Portis was like much must watch television on like his sure. his post fight scrums where he would just like he was a fantastic football player, but you needed to know everything about this man just off of his scrums. That is the vibe I got from him. Or I, I just see this colorful character with all these belts and this bottle of champagne and this comically large $1 million check. And I go, I need to know everything about this individual. So stick him in front of everything you can and he'll do the rest. He's not a guy you need to train for the media. Uh, yeah. I, 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 only, I only watch Canadian football. So we'll, we'll, for, and for other CFL, we'll, I'll say a Milt Stiegel. I think that, that we'll say Milt Stiegel, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, that's for my CFL fans out there. Sure. That's you guys know what I'm talking name. about. I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's no. Name. Winnipeg Blue Bombers legend, Milt Stiegel. Uh, great, 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 great uh, quote. Great quote all the time. I thought you were going to drop Doug Flutie's name. That would have been I mean, uh, I mean, a lot more people to know where, where you were going with that. Every, Only person who is, you know, you guys know. Anyway, yeah. sticking with fights. I think going back to you, Sean, on, on the flip side, you get Patricia Pitbull, who handled this loss with complete class, complete grace. At first, he felt like the stoppage was too soon. After watching the replay, he realized his arm started to go limp, didn't have as much of a problem with with the stoppage. So two-part question. A, your thoughts on how Patricio Pitbull handled himself after, like, really his first true finish loss of his career. And then B, Captain Ar Captain Eric Albaracine kind of playing the, the villainous manager role in a way and, you know, kind of having his fighters back saying, you know what? Why are we doing this in the challenger's hometown? We should be doing this in Brazil. Does, does he have a point there? Uh, not only Patricio Pitbull's first like loss by stoppage of his career, but really his first actual loss since like 2015, right? Because the the Benson Henderson one that was just because of an injury. Like that yeah, wasn't was a cool. real loss in the real way. So he hasn't. This guy hasn't lost in a really long time, man. All we know from him is winning, uh, and I thought he handled it perfectly. He 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 was classy. Uh, as you said, he didn't really argue with the stoppage much in the post-fight press conference. He he answered everything, you know, family guy. He had his son there. And, and I don't know. I, I I thought it was a really good showing in terms of a, a post-fight press conference for Patricio. I do understand where Captain Eric is coming from uh, with a lot of the points that was, he was making about, you know, we're coming in here. We're sort of in enemy territory. We're the two-division champ. We're the Bellator GOAT, and we have all these things already stacked up against us. But that's kind of just, I mean, that's just what comes with the territory, right? Like, I think Casey mentioned it on the on the post-fight press stream, where it's an American company. Like, this is, this is unfortunately for for Pitbull, is an American company based in America. They're not going to go to Bel, or they're not going to go to Brazil anytime soon. So whatever, all those demands are not even demands, but requests, I would say, for the rematch. That's not going to happen. Like, I'm sure the rematch will happen somewhere in the United States. So I definitely understand and sympathize a little bit with with what Captain Eric and the Pitbull team were saying. But unfortunately, that's just part of the part. It comes with the territory, right? When you're when you're the the champion of an American promotion like this. Where else can you have this fight, AK? I mean, I, I just felt like it was so big in that in that arena. I just felt like the only place to have this fight. And I get it's AJ's backyard, but you can't have this fight in Mohegan. You can't have it in South Dakota. You just can't. Like MSG, you, Brooklyn. You'd have to. Place I hope, I hope you you're not besmirching the good the good name of Uncasville, Connecticut, Mike. A place that is that is that has embraced you, and you you it was almost like a second <laughs> home to you. I'm just uh, saying you can't have that fight that rematch in that building like tonight, you can't have tonight wouldn't have felt, tonight wouldn't have felt nearly as big if it was anywhere else I think, it could have been it could have been in vegas it could have been wherever else it would not have felt even close to as big uh, as it did just being in the forum and being in, in la what's well, a what's a good compromise i say 
Oh, just go to can they can they can they go over can they go to the UK? I guess I don't know how long when's the next time they're gonna be able they're to travel going, travel They're so going limited. to the UK for MVP oh, and Moscow. Two. Moscow too, right? And they're gonna go to Moscow for Fedor's I think last they fight. Can so, go... they're, so they're traveling to Europe. I mean split the Maybe. difference. There you go. Take it take it overseas. I don't know. That's again if 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 home field advantage is such an issue, uh, for Coach Eric anyway, not necessarily for, for Pitbull himself, then yeah, do it. I mean I, I say this somewhat flippantly because I agree. I think you have to keep it in the U.S. That messing with the time zone. This is a huge, huge fight if they fight again. So, the time zone difference is a lot to ask. I think for for fans, and uh, so I wouldn't. I would not do that. But I mean, it's an option. It's an option. It's, it, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be my first option. But um, yeah. Otherwise, there's really no way to avoid um, any sort of any sort of home field advantage uh, for for AJ McKee. I think again, you just if anything, you double down, have it somewhere in California again. He's 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 the A side now. He's the A side of this feud. You can have it at the SAP Center, I think, just because of Scott Coker's history there. That's an NHL arena. They've had a, they've had a million historic strike force car, strike force and uh, cards there, so I think you could do it there. Mm-hmm. How how far is LA from San Jose? It's far. You can't. You're not going to drive there. You're taking a plane. Okay. All right. I've never been to the West Coast. So it's like no if you lived in Massachusetts and you had to go to like I don't know South Carolina. Damn, that far, huh? <laughs> oh, California is a large state. California's big, man. There's it a reason. Looks like so small. There's a map. reason they want two states with NorCal and SoCal. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so that's the main event. We'll see what happens there. There's there's a lot of doors that can be open. We could do this at 55. I feel like AJ McKee, his 145 pound run is done, and I don't blame him. Like there's no big challenges for him anymore. He just slayed the dragon, so to speak. So. Back to 155 he goes, or up to 155 he goes, and I'm excited for the rematch. It'll be uh, very intriguing stuff to see the build, when it happens, where it happens, so forth and so on. So, uh, well, hold on. Let me, let, me, ask, let me cut it real fast. Does everybody on this call, do we all agree that that should be next, right? Like, the running this back right away, yeah. immediate rematch at 155. Because I'm seeing yeah. a lot of pushback yeah. from this online, which is surprising to me. Why? Because it feels like this is the most obvious next step. Like, there is already a story here now. Yeah. Like, this, I would be fascinated to see how AJ looks at 55 and how they do this again. I agree. And I, they should put Petriki versus uh, Peter Queeley too as the co-main. So if Petriki wins, they could just do a third pit bull fight with a different brother. <laughs> there you go. I mean, what what else can you do? You, you're going to throw AJ in there with the winner of JJ Wilson versus Adam Borch, which, be, which would be like a fine fight. Yeah, but I, like I mean, fight. It's, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's not even it's not close. No, this. no I'm not it's talking not about even... I like it as a martial arts fight, but there's no way they should do that next if they're trying to make an AJ mckee a star right it's just yeah you know maybe make that like an interim title fight or something and then we can have some fun from there make a unless little they, mini unless they're just like hey aaron pico come fight aj mckee which they would never do either right and i don't want to see that yet i don't anyways. think they will i don't think they would fight each other anyway what else stuck out to you i, I thought the cold man event was fantastic mm-hmm. Really good fight. One of the best fights of the year between Emmanuel Sanchez and Mads Bernal. Mads Bernal gets the win. 30-27 scorecards. Absolutely egregious and ridiculous. I thought I thought the the I thought one of the big sour notes from this card was the judging overall. I thought there were a couple of pretty awful robberies. I thought Alara Joani got robbed. I thought Brent Primus got robbed, even though that wasn't a very exciting fight. 
And the 30-27s for Mads Brunel were just awful. Like, I have no problem with Mads Brunel winning that fight, but 30-27, come on, man. Like, that's just brutal. Absolutely brutal. So that's, like, kind of like my sour puss takeaway of all of this. But, AK, outside of the main event, what AJ McKee did, what was your biggest takeaway from this Bellator 263 card? Well, I was, I, I'll admit I wasn't watching as closely uh, as you guys might have been. I was also monitoring and so sort of actually, I should say, having to cover um, for our site, UC Vegas uh, 33. But as I've told people before, of course, we live in the modern age. You should do everything you can, your power, to watch both fights. So, I mean, you know, the big takeaway was, man, the Nomagomedovs, the Magomedovs families uh, just delivered. Um, it was it was everything you uh, – we talked about how tough Manny Moro is, and, and I'm not – and we're not changing that. If anything, that makes Usman Nurmagomedov's uh, finish of him even that much more impressive that he was able to run through a guy like Manny, who is again is 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 a tough out. So um, Usman is going to be, I think, that the, the other name I would assume that most people are going to be talking about. Uh, a lot of hype coming in, even more hype coming out. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't also sleep on uh, uh, Magomed Sharapov, who had a, I would say, a easier uh, easier opponent, as it were, and 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 took care of business as he did. So. Uh, that that part of this card really worked out well for Bellator. If if um, as we kind of discussed before the show, if if their goal was to have that a one big main event up top and then kind of lift up all these other uh, prospects uh, on the show, then things worked out. Again, it it's, it would have been nice if Ilar Joan had had got that uh, decision against Vince Porto. Uh, Chris Gonzalez ran into a very experienced, a much more experienced Goiti Yamauchi. So maybe it's not Chris Gonzalez's time yet. But other than that, a lot of the prospects showed out. Um, so I thought I thought that worked out really well for uh, for Bellator on this night. Sean, what what say you, my man? What else? What was like outside of the main event? What was your biggest takeaway from this Bellator card? Yeah, I echo what AK said. How how wild is it? How how similar uh, Zabit's brother looks to him, right? Like you could you could have showed me various angles of that and be like, oh yeah, that's Zabit Magomed Sharipov. Like <laughs> it's really crazy. The, the even down to the frames, like they're both so lanky and and tall for the weight class, but so skinny too. Like. I don't know. It's it's very bizarre to watch, but man, Coach Khabib, Coach Khabib out here just killing the game right now. Like he, <laughs> he's out here in contention for Coach of the Year pretty soon. He's another undefeated night for him, three and zero, and it really does feel like there is a Russian slash Dagestani invasion going on uh, in Bellator right now. Like these dudes looked like killers. I don't know how to pronounce the name of the one protege of his that got that knockout punch on Daniel Carey, but good God, man, that thing was sick. So all all around, I agree with AK. I think it was a generally a very entertaining card. The the Manuel Sanchez Mads Brunel fight, I thought uh, it it was a great fight. It did leave a sour note for me because I did score that uh, Sanchez 29-28. I understand giving it to Brunel, but I don't understand the 30-27s. That to me is just absolutely egregious. Uh, once again, I wish we could get some level of accountability from judges because I would just love to ask those two judges. Can you just explain to me? Explain to me what you saw. Just explain that round one, how, you, how you're scoring that for Mads Brunel or any of this. Uh, but, of course, we'll never hear from them, so it, that doesn't matter. But altogether, man, I thought this was a really interesting and, and pretty fun night. Uh, and, and AK mentioned Goti Yamauchi, too. Uh, he is sort of their Charles Oliveira in a weird way hmm. uh, in terms of Bellator. Uh, and it, it was fun seeing him sort of explore the, the striking game a little bit and get his second knockout of his career, too. So... All around, great stuff. Uh, Coach Khabib killing it. And uh, I think Bellator really, really did well tonight, man. What do you think, Jose? What's your silver medalist in terms of storyline? It's just, it's Habib 3-0. That's, that's got to be the answer. Like, it has to be. Like, they dominated. They're dominating the entire game in Bellator and the UFC. So, 
that's my answer. I can't add anything else uh, than what AK and Sean said. Uh, I thought AK was going to go with Jordan. I'm going to win ski, not getting a win ski. No, as I tweeted, it was, it, it was, it was Jordan. I didn't win ski, uh, which was very sad. <laughs> uh, good fight. Brian Moore looked really good tonight and keep it. Good, yeah. Good one for Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. James Krause, his, his new pro, <laughs> his new prospect and Kiefer Crosby takes the L, uh, but fun card. Really good. Kudos to Bellator. Well done. Support for this podcast and the following message is brought to you by E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, our tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Plus, you'll get access to a wide range of support to help you plan for the long term. Learn more at eTrade.com slash Vox. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Uh, Let's head on over to the other channel. UFC Vegas 33, yes. again, a card that had just been taking a beating all week long and several weeks, for, for the last couple of weeks even, so many co-main events had fallen out. We lost almost two more fights, and then one came back, and we ended up with just an interesting card. It was really exciting, a lot of finishes, some really interesting scraps. In the main event, Sean Strickland closes the show with a dominant five-round decision over Uriah Hall. AK, this is your event. This is the one that you covered, you watched, you watched this fight every second. Your biggest takeaways from Sean Strickland's victory over Uriah Hall tonight. Man, F, F the haters, first of all. Uh, F <laughs> the haters, especially us in the media, crapping over cards like this all the time, taking away from these fires. It was, a, it was a great card. I couldn't have been more wrong, literally more wrong about anything that happened in this card. I picked one fight correctly. It's not important which one. <laughs> And, and and I'm not even proud that I got one. I almost wish I'd gotten them all wrong just for the hell of it. Um, so I do have to say our our picks. We have a picks oh, channel bad. on Slack on MMA fighting, and uh, oh my god, it's a car crash in terms of <laughs> UFC picks here. It, we, I don't know that we could have replicated this bad of picks if we tried. There was a lot of upsets. Uh, there was quite a few upsets. I'll have to look at the odds closely again, but I believe there were quite a few upsets, uh, uh, way more than your average UFC card. So we can't be blamed for that. But I was wrong about the. I was wrong about the quality of the card. Not that I thought it was me terrible, but I definitely was. You know, like a lot of us in the media, kind of criticizing it on paper, which I still think is fair. But I, the criticism turned out to be wrong. So that has to be said. 
I was wrong about Cheyenne Bays and Gloria DePaula. I was like, oh, this shouldn't be in the co-main event. Why is this in the co-main? And Cheyenne Bays, I think, is one of the stars of this card. It was an amazing finish. Uh, she she had the mic skills, like Mike, you always say, why she, she seems very marketable in the eyes of the UFC. She hit all those notes tonight, so good for her. Um, there was a lot of good back-and-forth fights. I, I thought some of these might be showcase fights. Instead, they were competitive. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a really enjoyable card. I still think the Bellator card was... I guess it depends what you were looking for. I do think the Bellator card, from what I saw, was 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 better, at least as far as what Bellator wanted uh, wanted the card to be. But if you're this UFC, you cannot complain at all about how um, UFC Vegas 33 turned out, ravaged by injuries and cancellations. And if anyone tuned into this card, they had a good time. And if you're the UFC, that's what you that's what you promise people all the time. And I, I don't think anyone who if you only watched uh, the Vegas card, I don't think you regretted it. I think you had a, you had a very good time. Sean, one question we've asked over the last several days on all of our programs is, would the winner of Sean Strickland versus Uriah Hall, would they come out of here and have all of us saying, this guy is a legitimate threat to the middleweight title? And I didn't think really, there's the question right there, will Sean Strickland ever fight for a title in the UFC? I don't think a lot of people really thought that we would be talking maybe next title contender, but Sean Strickland's been on a roll, man. He's 19-0 and as a middleweight. He's 5-0 and on this current run since he went back to middleweight. He looked really good tonight. Uriah Hall had absolutely nothing for this man. Do you Are you buying stock in Sean Strickland right now in terms of title contention? Do you think he can get to the top of the heap and, and fight for a title? Can you see that happening after that performance tonight? Man, what, what a crazy fact that we're even having this conversation, right? Like, who really ever, ever, <laughs> ever saw this coming? Uh, it, I, I, like... AK said I was on I was on the Bellator beat tonight so I was mostly paying attention to Bellator I have to rewatch a lot of this UFC card it was on kind of in the periphery for me so I I didn't see the fight too much but oh my goodness man now five in a row for Sean Strickland four and oh since he moving back down to middleweight and he's he's just a very bizarre and entertaining guy like just in general in the cage right like he's definitely like you can tell there's a difference when sean strickland is fighting than when a lot of guys are fighting and that you can't say that about a lot of ufc fighters it is very you know generic i would say overall throughout the roster like there are very few people who stick out like that it's pretty crazy man i mean if nothing else sean strickland comes out of this absolutely proving that he is somebody who matters now at 185 pounds which is i don't think anything that we would have thought we would be saying, you know, in 2018 when this guy was kind of just a middling middleweight who you look back on his, or I'm sorry, middling welterweight, but if you do look back on his losses, like the losses were to some really top, top level guys like Kamaru and Ponzinibbio and, and Zaleski Dos Santos. So, I mean, maybe this was here the whole time and he was just getting bad matchups and, you know, the weight didn't work out for him, but it's pretty crazy that, that we have reached this place with Sean Strickland, but we have certainly reached it, man. And I am really curious to see how far he can push this. He's 30 years old. He's really in the prime of his career right now. This feels like the run for him. So, man, I mean, we've we've seen this type of thing before, like a Matt Brown-style guy just coming out of nowhere who's going to be a contender all of a sudden. I love it every time this type of thing happens. I, I'm really interested to see where the, how, how far he can push this. Jose, did, I don't know how closely you watched the fight. Whole did thing, did you watch it? You watched the whole thing, okay. Was this more – I, I didn't watch it as closely as you, but I'm just going to go by the different reactions that I saw on Twitter. Was this more about Sean Strickland just being that damn good, or was this more about Uriah Hall just not seemingly being there? A lot of talk about his his mental state, like can he get over that hump? Can he, can he just be there mentally and focused 
for 25 minutes against a guy like Sean Strickland. And from everything I saw on Twitter and from everything I kind of saw in the fight, this looked like one-way traffic. And it didn't even really, at times, look like Uriah Hall wanted to even be in there. So what was your, what's your sort of gauge on on the fight and, and kind of the, the two different sides of the spectrum? I don't know if Sean Strickland is an all-around better mixed martial, arts, mixed martial artist than Uriah Hall. I just think this is an atrocious mashup for Uriah Hall. Like, Uriah Hall needs a lot of space to work. He likes to dance around. He likes to make a lot of magic in there and throw these, like, Tekken-style kicks and kind of catch you coming in. Sean Strickland's whole game is to just walk forward tight and just throw punches for days, and he doesn't stop, and then he gets you to the fence, and he can take you down and wear you out. It's just a bad... It is a horrific matchup for Uriah Hall to fight someone that, A, can take a lot of damage, doesn't give him any sort of range to throw his spinning kicks, his leg kicks, his, like, that snap jab that he kind of catches people coming in a lot. He doesn't throw a lot of leg kicks, so it's not like Uriah Hall's checking a lot of kicks. It was just a a bad matchup. Like, I think Sean Strickland just put together the perfect game plan to just get in Uriah Hall's face for 25 minutes and just never take his foot off the gas and like i i can't remember which round it was but like he got uriah to the fence and then shot him for a takedown and then uriah hall stuffed it and then sean strickland just broke free and then just kept going he didn't get discouraged whatsoever if step one if if he, he went step one to three and then if four he hit a roadblock he just worked around the roadblock and then he eventually got it he didn't falter whatsoever he was just the the better fighter tonight and i don't know if he's a better fighter like a martial artist but good luck like stopping that guy if he's just going to keep walking forward throwing all kinds of punches and how old do you guys think sean strickland is by the way i had to look this up he's 30 30 he's so young he is so young he's he's i'm older than him he's like one of the few elite fighters that i'm older than and but he looks like he's way older than he actually is so uh i'm interested to see where he goes moving forward especially with this big win on his first man i hope he gets another 25 minute fight because i like watching the guy fight for 25 minutes and i will add i hope he never fights in front of a crowd again because i love being able to hear him fight (laughs) yeah i I hope he can stay super active too let me let me just add really quickly too what a horrific birthday for uriah hall today's that man's 37th birthday happy 37th uriah oh my god man again that's not that's not going to be one he's going to be wanting to celebrate or remember anytime soon. What a what a we've talked about this a thousand times over the years with Uriah Hall, but what a bizarre and just utterly strange strange career this man had. Like he, he I am guessing at this point it's probably on the downslide. Like I don't know that he's going to make a title run. This kind of felt like some sort of death knell on that sort of conversation, right? He's 37. He kind of relies on the fast twitch element of the game that doesn't age well. Um, unless you're Yoel Romero. Uh, but if you do this guy's career over like 100 times, I'm pretty confident that there's at least 20 of them where he ends up a UFC champion at some point. And we just, it feels, it feels like we just ended up with the weirdest, worst possible version of, of Uriah Hall's career. It's a real bummer, man. I agree. You know, it's, uh, I, I like that ahead. Jose brought up that shot. Like, this was the mental aspect of this fight was so, if you could see, you know, I know we talk about intangibles, but man, if you could actually. You could almost see the different mentalities of both guys being played out, uh, especially when you consider everything we know about Uriah Hall and some of the mental blocks he's faced in the past when competing. And it felt so, so tangible uh, tonight. And and Jose brings up a great point. Like, Sean Strickland, if he failed at something, he made a mistake, he'd just go back at it. You, you could you could see the gears in his head were aren't aren't like this clunking is, around like they are with Uriah Hall. This it, is, it, it, 
This it, is what do you remember when we did this exact show after Kevin Holland lost to Derek Brunson? Yeah. And all I kept saying was I felt like Kevin Holland step kept stopping at step two in a five step process. Right, right, like he'd get right. to step two and then he would just stop. Sean Strickland actually completed the like every single procedure yeah. of a fight. And that's Nothing, the difference between these two yeah. middleweight contenders. Nothing will stop Sean Strickland from implementing what he is supposed to do. Right. He knows what he's supposed to do. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do that. And it, uh, Jose, you'll appreciate this. It's if you remember, you know, in the, the, the book, money ball books, mm-hmm. I mentioned the movie, but the difference between like Billy Bean and Lenny Dykstra, right. Is like, they talk about, well, Billy would, Billy Bean would make a mistake. Uh, and, 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 and he was a huge prospect, a baseball prospect once upon a time. And, and he would make a mistake and just, just kill him. And everyone says, and Lenny Dykstra went on to become an all-star, and they were, you know, coming up to the minor leagues together. And they said the difference was Lenny Dykstra would f up something, and just he didn't care. He just didn't care. He'd move on and just whatever, go do his thing, and and he went on to great success. And that's kind of what we saw tonight. And 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 you could say the same thing about Uriah Hall in this fight. Anyway, you would see him lose an exchange, and just just tonight, and maybe in some other fights, but tonight specifically, you could see this like the look on his face and his body language just kind of slumped down. And drain, and it's it's like you said, he couldn't get the space he wanted, and his corner was getting frustrated. Um, they were doing what they could to motivate him, but this is the Uriah Hall story. Amazingly talented guy, very thoughtful, um, very thoughtful individual, and um, sometimes that comes back to bite him uh, in inside inside the octagon. And I think we saw that tonight. And uh, I think Sean put it best: this might be the death knell on the um, you know Uriah Hall. Will he ever compete for a UFC title? Uh, narrative. It's. This this for me was the was I was a big believer he would do it, and now I think uh, this this was it. Yeah, uh, the numbers thirty eight twenty three outstruck Uriah Hall in the first round forty three to twenty two in round two it was eighteen to twelve in round three thirty four to twenty four in round four round five Sean Strickland outstrikes Uriah Hall fifty three to twenty six he had his Sheesh. best striking output best striking percentage. In that fifth round. Sick performance. Yeah. It's a bad man. And he doesn't care who he fights. He'll fight whoever. Yep. He's a bad man. I'd like to see him. Uh, I, I already have a name in mind. It's a very popular one. We've already discussed this, so I'm not going to be giving anything away. Uh, <laughs> as far as bonuses you go. to the next one. you got to tune in to Honor. That's right. So we already kind of teased this. Jose even tweeted out uh, <laughs> about it earlier and to, to mixed reviews I saw. Uh Bonus is Cheyenne Bays and Melsic, uh, Bagdazarian, Contender Series alums, both got 50K. Uh, fight of the night went to Jason Witt and Brian Barberina, which Jason Witt won. He shouldn't have. Should have been a draw. But again, I digress. The judging should have been a 10-8 third round for Brian Barberina. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Great fight. A uh, lot of good finishes on this card. Jared Gooden took a fight on like three days notice. Gets a first round finish, his first yeah. UFC win. Yeah, he killed a human being on ESPN. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Chris Gritzmacher, Rafa Garcia is a great fight. Jin Fry gets another win over Ashley Yoder. Zaruk Adeshev gets his first UFC win. And then Phil Rowe, man. Guy's a bad man. That was a hell of a performance. I know he you missed weight, we, so it kind of like takes away from it. Who he called but... out in his, pres- in his post-fight press conference? Who did he call? His brother? No. He said he wants to fight Kamar oh. Usman next. Uh, yeah. Ah, oh, Phil. <laughs> Shoot for the stars, man. Golly. I li- listen, I like Phil. He's a so good dude. Good personality. Could be a star. I'm pretty sure his reach is fights. one inch shorter than Alexander Volkov, who is a six Same. foot nine heavyweight. 81 inch reach at 170 pounds for that man. He's got to make weight, though. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's go to the peeps. 
take a couple questions. There's a lot of them I've already thrown up. A lot of them are just saying like, right. or wondering how Sean Strickland ever made welterweight or how he couldn't how he couldn't put together welterweight. A lot of people are saying, uh, how soon will AJ go over to the UFC? This and that. A lot of people. A lot of our initial questions were about the stoppage between Pitbull uh, and AJ. Or uh, Pitbull's team, not Pitbull specifically, kind of making excuses like uh, the location of the fight and all that kind of stuff. We kind of touched upon that. So as the, as the chat was going, I feel like we answered a lot of them. Though I saw a lot of this. Did Cheyenne get lucky with that kick? I've seen no. a few people ask this oh, in well, the comment section. Let me Well, let me say this. I mean, the best answer you say is you have to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. Um, that's something that she trains. I'm sure, I'm sure that's a move that she's trained. Uh, it wasn't even I don't think it was that some people were saying, oh, it looked like it was almost illegal. Like, not really. I mean, she, the very clearly DePaula's hands were off the uh, off the ground. I don't think Cheyenne threw the kick thinking that she was going to get disqualified. Um, no, I think there was a lot of skill in it. So as as with any any high level strike in um, in in combat sports, there's a little bit of luck involved. But in that case, no, it had definitely more to do with her training. And um, yes, yeah, people are saying she's lucky. I'll say it again. Guys, you got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. She knew what she was doing, and that's why she got that finish. It's not, it was not just pure luck. Stop it. Yeah, there's, there's like a big argument in our comment section about whether the kick was lucky or not. It's ridiculous. Go, go, go back and watch Cheyenne Bays' like amateur fights. She's back at Extreme. She's back at Extreme, right? Yeah. yeah that's she's that's the, first, I, the first place I met her was at Extreme, and uh, Eric, uh, Eric Nixick was like, that she's going to be a a monster and the next time i went back he's like i was like where's cheyenne she go she moved to south africa and i was like okay okay but now she's back so good on her <laughs> she's back. Um, it's thrown out a lot cheyenne bays is uh she's about that life i will say that she's she's a violent woman so she's she's good man she's, she's got to get her ground game in order as we saw in the caneo fight but man she is she is a vicious striker yeah it didn't even take the stool shot sean, sean strickland. strickland didn't sit between rounds He's such a nut, man. He would like. I think after <laughs> the first way. round, his coaches didn't even say anything to him. Like he just stood there, just ready. He just wanted to go back on. It's like when Tony Ferguson was like, "I don't need a stool. Let's keep fighting." AJ McKee will go down as the Floyd Mayweather Jr. of the UFC. I mean, maybe. I mean, what he's got to get mean? to the UFC first. Yeah, I know Bellator is not letting that guy what man go anytime soon, even, man. I'll tell you that. What does that even mean? Like in what context? Okay, maybe That's a weird. Maybe he's looking into the future. Let me ask you guys. I'm I'm going to throw a question out here because this is going to be a question we're all going to have to reckon with next week when we put together our rankings for August. I'm doing this right now. AJ McKee, is he a top two featherweight in the world? Nope. No. Number three. Uh, I, 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 I have Volkanovski number one, and I wouldn't put him above uh, Max Holloway either. I mean, that's literally – I have him at three. I have Volkanovski one, two. Holloway two, and uh, McKee three. But like, yeah, he'll probably, he'll probably okay, be like he's the third best 145er in the world. That's nothing bad to be, you know. I just think he eventually he could be, he... but right now in the year of our Lord, 2021, July 31st, 1134 <laughs> p.m. Pacific time, AJ McKee is the number three featherweight in the world. I kind of have a feeling he, I don't know. I feel I'm like sure he's the number two featherweight in the world could. right now, and I feel like Max Holloway is the best featherweight in the world. That's where I'm at. That's kind of where I'm I at. think that's what a lot of people, I think Casey said the same thing. I think a lot of people didn't agree with you. I just, in my, because I don't vote for the rankings on the MMA Fighting's panel. So 
just in my mind, I default to the champion in number one. Like even if so, like Charles Oliveira would still be the number one lightweight, even though I would probably oh, that's favor. That's ridiculous, though. Even though that's I've, ridiculous, I've, though. but I don't vote. <laughs> I don't have a vote. Yeah, I just the, make. Uh, I just, the UFC uh, says this I, guy's the champion. Doesn't make him the best. Like we know, Dustin Poirier is the best lightweight in the world. What are we doing? Come on. Well, we should, well, we, we should speak save, for yourself. We should save speak this. Speak for yourself, boys. We should save this chat for a possible podcast about our rankings. We'll have, we'll have a ranking show. Your voices shall be heard. But I am not here for the Alexander Volkanovsky nor the Charles Oliveira slander. Uh, people shout out in the comments. Team. <laughs> Team, my team Volk boys and my team uh, Dobronx boys uh, and girls, shout out, uh-huh. uh, please shout out your your support for these these constantly slandered fighters uh, in the in the chat. Regardless of who's number Dick one, I still would. It's, so if you want to tell me Holloway's one, I have no issue with that either. I just think McKee at this point is number three. He could very well be number one. I think strength of schedule has uh, Holloway and Falkonowski a little higher. To yeah. Me. yeah. Is he on the pound for pound list now? Mm-hmm. Who McKee? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. There you go. He could be a, a the, he could be a top five lightweight in like a year or two as well. Could be more. Get than ready that. for those. Get ready for those rankings. There's gonna be some shakeups, friends. Oh, it's gonna be some shakeups in the, in the most wait. important but, rankings in the sport right now. I can't wait. Ak. Ah, uh, there you go. Facts. Ak future grammy oh award thank winner. you thank you jxk9 thank you there'll be plenty more where that came from this is me. weird not... this is weird i hadn't i've never thought of these People two fighting before in my entire life no idea what we're talking about right now I have... <gasps> wow jeremy stevens sleeps aj mckee i have never thought about those two fighting before what a bizarre matchup <laughs> also also that's just ridiculous that's absolutely not true it's jeremy stevens hasn't won a fight in like seven fights at this point <laughs> something like that we'll never know well, we've right, gone. We, we've we gone time. Yeah, look, let's see done. what we got. One more. A lot of them now yeah, are just yeah, talking about the. A lot of them now are just talking about rankings. Right. Oh, here you go. Yeah. McKee, yeah that was what I was saying if at the they, time. Now, if they, if right, if yeah. McKee jumps up to lightweight, wins the belt, and never fights a featherweight again, then it is exactly a Conor Aldo situation. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would agree. All right. Let's wrap it. Yeah. 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 Why, this, it's only. It's only two forty a.m. where we're at. This was all night. This was that moment. Listen, that's uh, Azan Zaman. Thank you for the comment. Yes, this was that moment. I think for uh, for McKee on a smaller scale, a smaller level, but definitely as far as the the fight that took him from from being uh, you know a promise of what could be to what is beautiful stuff. Yes, I better see AJ McKee on Good Morning America come Monday or Tuesday. Morning. Also, Mike, I think a lot of people not... in the comments wanted you to know that Regis Philbin is dead. He, <laughs> I know, I know. I know. I screwed up. <laughs> Michael and Kelly. Right. No, Michael doesn't do it. Strayhand doesn't do it anymore. Anyway. It's also Secret. 3 a.m. for Mike. Let's, yeah, get let's wrap it up. Give let's me wrap a freaking it. break. All right. We're out of here. Lots of MMA. Uh, remember, UFC 265 is going down next Saturday in Houston, Texas. Casey Lyon will be in the building. Uh, so we'll have all your coverage we, getting ready for that. This we, never stops, folks. The train might keeps have on. To, we might have to move A-side to Tuesday because we have media day on Wednesday. Oh, man, so many changes, but we're ready for it. So for Jose, for AK, for Sean O'Shaughnessy, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. 
all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Support for this podcast and the following message is brought to you by E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, our tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Plus, you'll get access to a wide range of support to help you plan for the long term. Learn more at etrade.com slash Vox. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC, member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley.